This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Claire Bonnyman. And I'm Min Dariwal. And welcome to The Loop. This week, we are going to Hollywood North, uh, and not Toronto or Vancouver, uh, but here. Edmonton. Isn't it funny how, you know, someone pays a little bit of attention to us and then we just go <laughs> off the charts like, hey, this is awesome. But it's exciting. Like, uh, It is. Exciting. So, of course, we are talking about The Last of Us, the new HBO series. It filmed across the province in 2021 and 2022. And, of course, one of the places it filmed was Edmonton. Never heard of it. Never, ever. No, but it's, it, it is funny how it kind of takes over everyone's attention. Crazy. And I know I was, I watched it when it premiered last weekend and mm. I, I'll keep watching it, but okay. I totally played that game of like spot the city, you know? Which is cool because Which, well, it's cool, that's but what people do. It was funny though, because at the end there was this scene looking out over this like post-apocalyptic, like everything's yeah. torn. And as a joke, I like turned to my partner, I go, Edmonton. <laughs> oh no, it turns out that shot actually was Edmonton. That was Edmonton. <laughs> so Just a like, normal shot of Edmonton. Totally no CGI needed. At all. I can't wait till people start <laughs> flying in by the 747 loads to take tours to the areas hey, that, you know, you, you've been able to see in The Last joke. of Us. People have been doing it for Lord of the Rings. They did of it for course. Game of Thrones. Maybe we're the... Maybe, maybe this is the start. Maybe we're on the cusp of something massive here. This is it. But I do remember there was the hype started to build a while ago yeah. when they were downtown because right. it was just a couple blocks south of us where we are at City Center Mall. Did yeah. you see when they shut things down? No, like I didn't see that. What, when was that? It was crazy. I think it was summer 2021. It was wild because it was just totally like Rice Howard. Okay. Just shut down. And as I walked oh, up from oh, my bus stop. What am I talking about? I totally yes, saw that. I passed the abandoned cars. Vehicles <laughs> turned upside yes. down, like rubble and things. And all at first of, it was just like someone cool. had a rough night, but it was a movie. Set. How long ago was that? Uh, two years? 20, 2021. 20, it, they filmed 21 and 22. That so. was very cool, actually. Now that it's all coming yeah. back to me. And I think the hype around this, too, is it's not that it was an original story, but this is a video game that people love. Yes. Um, and that people is a Naughty Dog production, The Last of Us. It's, I think, three games. Yeah. And it's a story that people really fell in love with. So there's this kind of built-in fan base. Mm. And then, of course, Alberta's just excited to be involved. I'm just impressed <laughs> that, you know, you start with a video game and, you tra- <laughs> you know, then you move. Your next step is obviously a movie. Naturally. So, yeah, yeah, kudos to the marketing department. Yeah. How do you feel about zombie movies? You know, I don't mind them. Uh, what was the English one a couple of years? Oh, not a couple of years couple ago. Of I'm, years? I'm dating myself. Like uh, Shaun, of, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, 20 years ago. a couple years ago, years ago man. 20, Just a couple. Everything, once you reach a certain age, everything's <laughs> a couple of years ago. So yeah. by a couple of years, maybe I mean a decade or more. But yeah. um, but that was, yeah, at the time, that was, everybody was talking about it. And it was, uh, it had it had humor, it had scariness, yeah. great production, I mean, it was, you know, in the UK, so I, I love anything UK. And so, uh, yeah, I was I was all in. Yeah, I do admit, I think they hit different post-pandemic for me. Yes. <laughs> like some of the original ones, like 28 Days well, Later. Absolutely. Or like 28 the Days Later, yeah, that TV was... series Station Eleven was about a flu pandemic. And yeah. so I'm like, oh, you know. Art imitating life <laughs> and hopefully life doesn't imitate art. Just a little. But there is something really satisfying, uh, despite the fact that we're only seeing Edmonton in a post-apocalyptic light. There's something yeah. really satisfying. And a production like this, it brought really big names to the city. Pedro Pascal, of course, Huge. who's been in Game of Thrones, in Star Wars, The Mandalorian himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he even worked alongside Nicolas Cage this year. He's the main role in this series, The Last of Us, of Joel Miller. Yeah. And there are some other recognizable faces to a lot of folks. Um, Gabrielle Luna plays Tommy, 
Joel's younger brother in the show and kind of a driving force of the plot. Mm-hmm. And CBC host Jessica Ng talked with him earlier this week. When you take over certain locations, making kind of these big budget uh, projects, uh, it requires so much of the of you know the local police departments and and the zoning and the, the permits and all you know. There's so many people. The film commission, so many people involved. Um, in in a lot of places in the states, you're you, you're limited. You get limited time windows. You, there's limited to what you can touch and change. Um, and and we were so thankful to the Alberta Film Commission and the people here. Uh, you know, Mark and Luke and everybody there for giving us access to these places, places that uh, we could kind of take over and also, um, you know, touch everything and change everything and, and have the greens department come in and do exactly as you mentioned and, you know, decorate the entire city, entire few, several blocks uh, with, with, uh, you know, this overgrown vegetation and, and, and the burned out cars. And, you know, you, we were able to, um, you know, I, there was an instance in Canmore and Fort McLeod and Olds and all these places we were. We got to do just that and, and uh, build out the world in a way that I don't think I've ever seen in any other project I've done. Uh, a lot of it gets done, the effects, you know, feel like it's an easier avenue to take. But you can always, you, you can never truly leap across the uncanny valley when you're dealing with that type of stuff. But here... Through through the help of all great artists, we built it real. We made it real. You can see, touch, feel, smell everything, and and uh, really, it was an indispensable element of our production. It's good for them. But that's the highway we're trying to get to. I keep moving head north. Could be a lot of people. We can't go south. We can't go east. We can't go west. Hell, else are we supposed to go? Tommy, come on. What The Last of Us means for Alberta is more than seeing our province on screen. It could have a real impact on Alberta's film industry that far outlasts the series. Brock Scredding is the head of advocacy for Keep Alberta Rolling, and he joins me now. Hello. Hello, hello. We're now talking after the first episode is aired. Did you watch it? What did you think? Yeah, I saw it when it came out, and uh, I, I just was blown away. I was I was super excited, obviously, uh, this this project filmed for about a year in the province, and uh, I was excited to see, you know, obviously the province on on the screen, uh, and, but the results of all of the artistry and the uh, technical work and all of the camera work and, and the acting and everything that has gone into uh, bringing this story uh, to life again because it, uh, it's been adapted from a video game rather than from a script. So, uh, so it's you know finally out there, and it, it was also really exciting to see everybody's reaction to it, uh, the the general public and and Albertans getting to you know shout out their own uh, their own communities, which is which is always a big deal for us. Yeah, I know my partner and I were playing a Do You Recognize That game in some of the shots, and I think a lot of the runs in the first one were from Calgary. Did you did you recognize stuff? Were you like, oh yeah, I know that. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Fort McLeod and yeah, Calgary, Edmonton. There's little bits and pieces, and there's obviously a lot, lot more to come uh, as the season goes on for sure. A hundred percent. I mean, this production—you kind of touched on it. It was huge. Can you give me a sense of scale of just how big this actually was? 
Yeah, it was it was massive. It was uh, by far the largest thing that uh, the Alberta screen industry has ever accomplished or or uh, serviced has ever done. You know, there's number secrecy uh, <laughs> uh, rules at HBO, I guess, but the, the right. uh, you know reportedly the largest uh, series that it ever shot in in Canada, and uh, the um, you know impact of that, and of course, like the video game was cinematic experience. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was created in that way that uh, at every checkpoint of the game, there would be a scene that very much resembled, uh, you know, being in the movie theater and, and the characters grabbing at your heartstrings and, and bringing you along on a journey of the story. So it makes total sense that they would adapt this. Uh, you know, it brings joy to my heart that they've done <laughs> such a good, good job of it. I'm, I'm blown away by it, honestly. It was it was amazing to see to see the the results of all that work is is wonderful. Yeah, I'm getting the vibe. You played the game. Yeah, I played the game a little <laughs> yeah. bit. I I, I I don't want to oversell myself as I'm now in the in the land of of extreme gamers. So I don't want to over <laughs> oversell myself. I don't want to give away any secrets for people who are new to the show and haven't experienced or played the game. I don't want to give away future you know future plot points that the gamers really know. Right? Yeah. They, it's so interesting. In these types of projects there's a built-in audience that is looking for the things that they recognize from the video game and then there's a wide worldwide uh new audience that is just experiencing the story for the first time so i gotta be careful about not, <laughs> not ruining it for anyone but but i i'm yeah I, i'm big fan of the last of us big fan of uh, the creators of this game for sure yeah this is a firm no spoilers podcast so we'll leave it at mushroom go. zombies we'll just yeah keep it yeah. there go- Cordyceps, you can say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can use the term. We can do cordyceps. Now, a project like this obviously brings in folks from elsewhere, but what impact does this actually have on the workers in the film industry here at home? Yeah, hundreds of you know, hundreds of people uh, worked on this project. For some of them, for the it was their first project that they ever worked on. Some um, uh, people were taken in from other sectors to to be able to service a a, a project of this size. Um, and then some of, and many of them have joined uh, joined the union. So some of them were post secondary students. It just it it's that you know infrastructure builder that uh, really puts puts you in a whole nother level as an industry. Um, there was a, a great uh, start of infrastructure, uh, like a long, there's a long hundred year history of filmmaking in, in Alberta, but, uh, but it hasn't uh, grown to, you know, the size of BC or Ontario, Georgia, some of these filmmaking jurisdictions that have just really solidified themselves as, as major players, we're becoming that now. So this, this project uh, really puts us on that map and and towards that trajectory. Um, it'll, uh, I think, be an amazing calling card to future projects, uh, future directors, writers, producers, and streamers that are looking for places and new new places to make their projects. Each project has a bit of that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I go back to the Revenant uh, was a very gritty film, and yeah. so when producers were kind of making a uh, man versus nature, uh, human versus nature story. Some of them would come and scout the people who created that gritty, that gritty film. We want that kind of feel. So I think projects like this 
uh, in the industry do have that effect where if everyone's seen it and everyone's heard of it, uh, you know, like a Game of Thrones or a Lord of the Rings, uh, you associate, per- me personally anyway, as, uh, <laughs> as a nerd, you, so- you associate like Game of Thrones with like Ireland in some yeah. ways, right? And Europe. And, uh, and you associate Lord of the Rings uh, with New Zealand, right? And, and so hopefully the, uh, the effect of this project will be one to embrace and expand our film industry and screen, screen industry in Alberta, but also within the industry to be recognized uh, at, by that wide audience. And not that there's been tons of successful projects. So it's not, mm-hmm. not to say that Alberta isn't known. It definitely is known. But just to be top of mind is that kind of business advantage, I guess you could say. Yeah. Well, and I think I saw a clip of Pedro Pascal literally like saying, I mean, first off, I love Canada, which I was like, oh, yes. Um, But talking about the landscape and how they used Alberta and all the aspects, whether mountains or prairies or the downtown cores, like it's it is such kind of a, a great pitch. I'm curious, do you know how we ended up getting a project like this? Was it just that scouting and they're like, oh, this totally works? Or how did we end up with The Last of Us? Yeah, there's so many, I mean, like, there's so many people that are involved in attracting these types of productions, right, and making this industry work. So the way to promote your jurisdiction Mm -hmm. is to make sure that the industry knows that you have the things that are needed to make the production successful, right? So this is globally competitive. HBO is operates around the world, you know, different uh, Disney's and the Netflix's and the Amazon's of the world. They operate around the world and they have options for where they film these these productions. So in every jurisdiction, you have film commissions and they have been promoting their regions like crazy. They work with location teams and facilitate scouts with producers. Um, and then the obviously the Alberta government came on and, and uh, made the tax credit competitive. So there's that element of it too. And I think the screen industry as a whole has done a really good job of making sure that we're facilitating that business, trying to take care of those people that make those decisions. And then once once the once the project comes, obviously uh, there's so much other things that go into yeah. your unions and your guilds and your vendors and everyone has to supply the things that are needed to make the show. And a show like this had extreme needs, right? They shut down the 4th Avenue flyover in Calgary. Like they shut down blocks at at a time in downtown. Uh, And there's been, um, uh, it's been noted by some of the producers that they couldn't have done that in a larger center because Mm -hmm. it was like, would have been too disruptive. And it's not that it wasn't disruptive in in Calgary or in Edmonton. It was, Mm -hmm. but but it was facilitated in a way that, uh, the province really pulled it off. We're becoming known as film friendly uh, in the industry. I think that in general, uh, the communities in the province are extremely excited about mm-hmm. the industry. And uh, obviously there's a financial component of that, but there's also uh, um, just the hometown pride, right? Of just like, like I think Alberta has a lot of identity and pride in who they are and and you know that kind of small town hometown thing that uh that uh, albertans embrace uh this this allows that to be shown as a backdrop to a lot of different stories and and i think that uh now that more people are finding out about the alberta screen industry and embracing it and celebrating it that will also help our local 
uh, local creators and and help them uh, get projects made and step into the spotlight. It it, it can really help our our local creatives too because there's there's so many, especially in like you know in Edmonton we have just this weekend so. So talk about a major weekend for yeah. the Alberta film industry. There was a, a project called uh, Skinamarink. And uh, so it's a horror film that was made for $15,000 in the filmmaker's house <laughs> with the help of his like filmmaker friend. Uh, his name is Kyle Edward Ball, and he's, uh, he's an Edmonton filmmaker. It's based on like kids' nightmares. Oh, and my gosh. I guess it was... Um, it was, he started doing horror podcasts and he started doing kind of the film festival circuit. And then I guess it was pirated at one point and he was like, oh, I'm going to lose all my, like, like, put my own money into this. And, and, uh, and then it, it really took off and, and Shudder got involved. Oh. And now this weekend it was released in theaters and it made almost $800,000. Wow. So this was like, that's a massive success story. It was released in almost 700 theaters and it made $800,000 in one weekend. And Linda Carter's tweeting about it. And it's like, it's crazy. Like there's oh like, there's, there's just buzz around this, this film. So, you know, The Last of Us, biggest show, biggest show ever happening in Alberta. And then this amazing Made in Alberta, 100% Alberta IP wow. project succeeds on the same weekend. <laughs> so I think there's just, there's something in the air. There's something in the soil. I think that uh, it's Alberta's time to shine for sure. Yeah, I mean, your whole work at Keep Alberta Rolling is promoting the industry here and sharing it and advocating for Alberta film work. It, does, is there a sense that it feels like it's paying off right now? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It's a very rewarding weekend for sure. Uh, you know, this is—you go back to like, like I said, a hundred years of history of filmmaking in this province. It's not that surprising to those who are interested in filmmaking that Alberta is a is a filmmaker's dream. It is a beautiful, beautiful place with you know diverse landscapes. You have every kind of backdrop you could ever want you have friendly people it's a business friendly environment but you've got the big cities uh two of them with unique looks uh you know edmonton as an example has the river valley yeah. which uh it's right in the city so you can you can go shoot wilderness scenes and you're next to a tim hortons like <laughs> like it's, it's amazing it's amazing so so a lot of people over you know the course of of history like i guess of the <laughs> province <laughs> have really tried to you know get this industry going and have contributed in so many amazing ways you go back to unforgiven in the 1990s winning uh best picture you go back to marilyn monroe in the 1950s and and some of the founding directors or, or very early directors of hollywood days would come up and shoot unit shoots here in like 1920s and uh and you know going back forever uh it's been known as this like wild wilderness amazing place to make movies but now we're really getting into the uh you know business side of it of how do we how do we establish those things those all those elements and and there's a thousand different groups and and people involved in, in making this happen uh but all those different elements that make a successful screen industry so that we can be 
internationally competitive. We can be part of the international conversation. We can promote ourselves. Alberta's story is Alberta's story. We can participate in, in how people from other places talk about us because we know us as uh, we know us better than other people know us, right? So, so uh, you know, it, it's it's a lot of different things that have come together at once, and certainly like. We work very hard on, on promoting and advocating, but it's not us doing, like, you know, it, it wasn't me pu- pulling those long days on The Last of Us. It was thousands of people uh, working really hard. It, you know, credit is is a wide net for sure, but taking the opportunities and, and cultivating opportunities and, you know, obviously generates jobs, it generates income for the province. But yeah, it, it's been a long, I think it, it's been a long time coming for a lot of, lot of people. So I think that this weekend was real good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, I can't wait to watch the rest of the series and, and see what other amazing stuff comes up next. Brock, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you so much for having me on. So while The Last of Us was a massive production, um, there are a ton of tiny pieces that make up films and the Alberta film industry. And one small aspect with a big impact is Foley. Min, how familiar are you with Foley? Well, having worked in this business, the broadcast business, yes, the I know, sound stuff, I know that that the, that sound effects used to be a huge part of radio. Yeah, and in this plant. Yep. And so they used to be. Corey may be able to kind of clarify it, but there's, did you, did, were you here when there was that door with a bunch of little handles and all of this I've stuff? I've heard stories about the door. Yeah. I know. Um, I don't know where it would be now. Because I know there used to be a full sound studio back in another CBC station oh, yeah. in Toronto, a yeah. studio, I think it was Prolific. 212. And it's, yeah, it, but it was funny. It's all those doors with the sounds and the floors that are different kinds. And the but coming, door is upstairs. Coming from a, oh, I guess the door is still The door around. is still upstairs. So maybe we'll have to tweet a picture out. But, uh, you know, coming from a visual medium to uh, more of, a, a medium where you're yeah. listening to it and pictures aren't ears only first and foremost uh, I have certainly come, be, come to appreciate uh, good sound when you hear it yeah. whether it be with what we do or in movies I mean in movies it's the, it's their bread and butter yes and uh, there's an army of people that uh, you know are experts at it so, oh yeah so yeah I do appreciate uh, some good foliage well and, and good sound it. makes a huge difference but it's also yeah. like so natural right. that you don't necessarily notice it's even there, but it is, right? But there's something missing without it. Maybe that's when you know you have peaked at, uh, you know, bringing sound to whatever you're working on when yeah. you don't even realize that it's fake. When all your work and it, feels And it like sounds real. Nothing. <laughs> um, I got a chance to explore Foley recently. Little Hook Sound is Alberta's only dedicated Foley stage. Hmm. It's also easily the smallest, um, you know, it's based in the basement of owner Chris Zott right here in Edmonton. So I went to visit earlier this winter cool. to see what their sounds are all about. Like bones. Those bedposts? Uh, yeah, I <laughs> break them at some point. Do a lot of people know what Foley is when you say that you're a Foley artist? Nobody. And dead and kind of the sound. So it sounds like there's something in it? Exactly, yeah. So. Every Foley artist kind of has their own interpretation, but uh, I like to say it's the re-performance and reproduction of the everyday sounds that you see characters do in movies and TV shows, so picking up cups, footsteps. Okay, Okay, here we go, take two. Anything a character touches has to be kind of re-performed and reproduced by myself and uh, my team. Oh, not this one. This one, which is like a dog choker collar. But when you pair it with some other jewelry, 
Sounds like really bright, really fancy, expensive jewelry. Yeah, hello, my name is Phil Rota. I am a Foley mixer at Little Hook Sound. What is it like to be on that side when he's doing God knows what on this side and <laughs> you're just trying to put the two together? Yeah, it's it's fun, uh, number one, and uh, the act of trying to uh, sort of take what I'm hearing and, and do my job as best as I can to make it believable is, is kind of the, the main focus. Um, as a team, we're trying to sell the sound that I'm making to what we see on the screen. So most of the time, he doesn't even know the prop or object that I'm using. And if I can trick and fool him into believing it works, then that should work for the, the rest of the picture. Um, so as I'm doing my stuff, he's actually mixing multiple microphones to match the perspective of the sound being performed on screen. One of my favorite props, and I use it all the time, is this doorknob. Um, so it can work totally great as just a regular doorknob, but I also use it all the time for any gun rattles. Yeah, so that's like a really random, simple prop that mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of overlook. I've got tons of just... I uh, went to the U of A for a couple of years and did the drama program and was terrible at it, to be honest. And uh, at the same time, I was getting more interested in music production. So I went to school for music production instead, came back to Edmonton um, and realized I was more interested then in kind of film sound, got an internship and went to Belgium. And that's actually where I first got exposed to Foley. Kind of taught myself as much as I could. And eventually I landed an apprenticeship out in Toronto as a Foley artist and trained there, worked on some cool projects. And then once that was done, I came once again back to Edmonton and opened up my own stage and started my own team. And it's been uh, a roller coaster ever since then. <laughs> Medical, it's just every, like eggshells, bones, rocks. <laughs> like, we do a lot of bottle sloshing. It's like the most organized hoarders situation I've ever seen. That's kind of the charm of it is, you know, I go to Valley Village or Goodwill or dumpster diving and pull out random things that I think sound interesting and bring them back here and somehow try to incorporate it. They're kind of like different spices and this is my kitchen. Okay, so lots of shoes, lots of chairs, um, lots of different surfaces too, because depending what is happening, what a character is doing, um, I have to do those sounds or those footsteps on the different surfaces. So yeah, we've got different types of concrete, um, wood surfaces so this is kind of it's an old slab from a bowling alley actually and that's kind of what i use for my hardwood there's a difference between um like one gravel versus another gravel versus like a dirt uh if somebody's on a a deck and and it's kind of funny too like we'll work on a film and i'll do like two or three days of nothing but footsteps so you think about i don't even know how many counts that <laughs> yeah. is of feet but uh, it's like miles and miles of feet like three days of straight cardio or something just in your basement just walking in the same spot <laughs> this yeah. one says animal what's yeah. in the animal drawer are those coconuts for like is that like horse clumps <laughs> Is yes. that the mon Sorry, like it's like to, Monty Python? I had to fill the uh, the old stereotype, but yeah, I'm always 
touching stuff and listening to it and and just trying to kind of make a mental uh, image or sound file in my brain to reference later of like, oh, okay, that sounds like that texture. So if I need that texture in the future, I'll know what kind of object might do it. Uh, And then, yeah, it's just combining all of those weird things in my head. Especially when it comes to footsteps, there might be some weird creaks in a shoe. There might be some weird squeaks that when you're newer to this job, you don't really notice and you just kind of go like, okay, those are footsteps. They sound like footsteps, but it's like now you have to think like, what are the footsteps that I want them to sound like? It's it's like developing a palette. Um, if you are a person into coffee or something, it might all taste the same, but eventually it's going to start as you explore, it'll start sounding different, tasting different. Sorry. <laughs> a lot of hinges. Paper, paper's a really beautiful thing in my opinion um you know thin lined paper from like a school book that and then you get to something like more of a printer paper and if you combine a few different types so maybe that's like an old map it's it's a lot of perseverance it's a lot of networking it's a lot of hard work um but you know you get that one project in and then you hopefully get another one and another one and another one. I mean, the first movie I ever worked on, I did out of my bedroom in my parents' basement. So things really haven't changed. I'm still stuck in a basement, but slightly bigger, slightly more curious. And now it's yours. And now it's mine, yeah. Yeah, so I only have myself to blame. So that was my adventure into Foley with Chris Sott and Phil Rhoda of That's Little neat. Hook Sound. Um, they've worked on a ton of projects. So while I was there, they were working on a rom-com type story yet to be released. Uh, they worked on Dead for a Dollar, a Western film that came out this fall starring Christoph Waltz and Willem Dafoe. So Chris's feet are Christoph's feet, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, and before Little Hook, uh, Chris worked on Blade Runner. Amazing. 2049. So, uh, but man, it does get better. Okay. They actually let me do Foley. When I was visiting. And what was that like? Interesting. So when you first enter the basement, there's this like wall. I mean, there's stuff everywhere, but there's this whole wall of just shoes. Every kind of shoe you could possibly imagine. Okay, I get it. Conveniently, Chris and I had similar shoe sizes. So I picked out a pair of shoes and he turns the screen around and, and there's this whole open area on the floor and he basically just stands in one spot. And so we did a whole bunch of different sound effects. As you heard, like he hmm. taught me how to do. Shuffling the papers. Papers, yeah. 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 Um, but so there's, there's all these different little aspects to it. And so I actually got to do some of my very own Foley. I think we'll start with the hardest. We'll do footsteps first. Okay? Get to start with the hardest yeah. with me. That's nice we'll of you. We'll throw you right Thank in. You. Yeah. Why not? So while Phil's setting up, we will set ourselves up. So kind of a cool system I've got is like, because I'm always having to move the microphone around. Right. Is so I can move the mic to get it where I need for the surface. And then I've got the TV on this like swivel. So there, now we can see our picture while we're in here. Oh my gosh. So for grit, kind of a common thing I, I tend to use is dried coffee grounds mm-hmm. yeah because they're a little softer than actually using gravel you can kind of break them up and and then uh, they kind of work themselves into the surface all right so we have two characters how about we start with left dude okay okay left dude left dude the role of my lifetime yeah he's got a very casual way of walking yeah. heel toe heel toe yep oh and then he does a little 
stutter There's a little... St- okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> that's great. Already you're picking up. That's fantastic. <laughs> Phil might need you to audition your feet, so if you... I'm might... auditioning my feet? Yeah. Just to make sure the shoes sound good on oh, the surface okay. and all that. Yeah. So what do I do, Phil? Uh, just give me some steps. So if you want to stand kind of right around here. So whenever you're ready, um, you can say set, and Phil will know that if he's ready, he can, he'll say set, and he'll hit record, and then he'll be off. Okay. So I say set? I don't know why I'm so nervous. (laughs) Phil, are you ready? Set. 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 Oh my god. How'd I do? That was so good. Yeah! That was so good. I'm leaving the CBC. I'm coming here. Perfect. Perfect. Fire up a contract right away. (laughs) Great job. So you do that every day? Yeah. (laughs) And and it's kind of funny too. Like we'll work on a film and I'll do like two or three days of nothing but footsteps. So you think about, I don't even know how many counts that is of feet, but uh, it's like miles and miles of feet like three days of straight cardio or something just in your basement just walking in the same spot <laughs> yeah you want to come listen yeah please See how you sound this is always the towel play for me my feet <laughs> play for me my feet. <laughs> okay i'll give it without dialogue first so you can That stop is really good. This That's, is the closest yeah. I will ever get to acting. This is so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and then somewhere where it might actually slot in and like kind of the final product uh, is about here. A book deal? Can you believe it? Here I was thinking you were going to fire me. Everything's coming up roses. Uh, Nikki, all roses have thorns. What are you talking about? Oh, I don't know. Maybe just the fact that Mr. Wright doesn't even exist. Careful. Someone might hear you. Those were my feet? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> So I, I was That's pretty jazzed wild. to hear my feet on the screen. That was me in my starring roles as left dude and right girl. Um, I also did a scene where we ate, quote unquote, pizza, and uh-huh. I got to actually slurp like a, a Diet Coke on Mike. You'd be um, good at yeah, eating pizza. <laughs> but it's fascinating. And like all the layers that go into it. So he'll do a whole day of like footsteps. That and then usually the finishing incredible. day is just fabric where he's watching and he's seeing if, if fabric would be rustling in a scene. And he's just like rubbing stuff together. God. But... Um, so clearly I'm going into Foley in my next career. Yeah, Min, why, will, why wouldn't you? Uh, will you join me? Do you have something to contribute to I this? would. I would. Like, if you ever get uh, a project, like, I mean, if Foley explodes for you, okay. and then all of a sudden you get, uh, you know, a movie where there's a scene where you might see a leaky faucet or something, I think I've got the sound oh, okay. effect for let, you. Let me close my eyes, Ready? picture. Okay, let me just get into the moment here. Okay, okay. Whoa. That's really good. <laughs> that is a lifetime of working at that. How about foghorn? Do you need a foghorn? Ooh, I, I'm, ooh. I'm less keen on your foghorn, but your, your drippy faucet. Old-timey uh, horn. That'll do. Yeah, the drippy faucet. <laughs> like, if you close your eyes. Yeah, yeah. That is some bad plumbing. Do it again. Oh, that. Okay, <laughs> okay maybe not. That. It doesn't. It, I can't hit it every time. but No, but, yeah. Yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in an old apartment. 
Yeah. The Loop is a podcast from CBC Edmonton, and our team this week is Leslie Goldstone, Corey Haberstock, and Olivia O. Our theme music is Change Your Mind by Edmonton musician John Comet, and I'm Claire Bonneman. And I am Mindarawal, and as always, we'd like to thank you for listening once again. The Loop is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis communities. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can. You can send us an email at theloop at cbc.ca or leave us a rating or a review wherever you download your show. You can also get in touch with us online on various different accounts, uh, mainly Twitter for me, at Mindariwal. I am at Naminop. And we are still on Twitter. That should be on a T-shirt. Going strong. Absolutely. We're going to take it down. We're going to stay with it until, <laughs> and it, welcome to until the Titanic. it goes down. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, of course, you can find us on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. And this is my sound effect of a cheering crowd. Yeah! <laughs> Oh, I almost had three in a row. <laughs> For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.